previously on Nebraska Made. Then we decided in 1999, like we're going to build another business. We're going to build an e-commerce business. And so when we got to the point of, of selling the company and we were negotiating and the price was 17 million, I said, you know, this isn't, this, this isn't enough. It's not going to do it. So it's got numbers that going to have to be higher. From Grindstone Media, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we pick up with part two of the Steve Keen story, as Steve negotiates the multi-million dollar sale of his tech company, eCelerate. And I said, well, 24 million isn't going to do it. I, that's what I can tell you. The other offer was 17 million. They were they were there and paused and and like it's like we can do 25. That's well, I can't say yes yet, but but yeah, we I I know I can I know I can make that work. Then I went back to the office and I didn't don't remember everything that transpired, but what I ultimately ended up with was roughly everybody got an amount equal to about what they had earned since they had come to work for me. It just sort of worked out that way of coming at it different ways. So, you know, if somebody had you know, had worked for me for you know, a bunch of years and made, you know, a million and a half bucks, well, that's roughly what they were going to get. And it came out to, that was about half the money. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that was sort of just on your honor that you forfeited half of the profits of the sale to your employees. There was a lot of fun. Like we had, we had one day where it's like, okay, we're going to sell the company, whatever. And then I want to talk to each person individually. And one by one, I had people come in to my office and I gave them a piece of paper and the piece of paper said, we're selling the company for this much. This is how much you're getting after taxes. This is roughly how much you're, you'll have. And that was in its unique way. That was the best day of my life. That was so fulfilling to to do that. And and yeah, I could say, you know, getting married was the best day of my life, you know, my first baby was best, you know, those but this was in its in its own way. It's like that was I was able to do something that was important to me to do. And again, I mean and, you know, we're pretty simple here and maybe we're dumb, but it's like all I did was do the right thing. So Steve defies common business practices and gives about 12 million of his own dollars to his employees. At this point, he's become somewhat of a rock star in Nebraska, and he uses his momentum on his next venture, building Lincoln's first true investment fund named Nebraska Global. Steve and his partners raise a whopping $37 million fund, and their mission is simple, to provide investment capital and technical resources for Nebraska startups. When I founded Nebraska Global. What I really wanted to do, I didn't care what the rest of the country thought, but I was tired of seeing people here selling themselves short and thinking, oh, we couldn't do that here. Well, yes, you can, especially with technology. Oh, you know, I, I so many employees that look at people at Apple go, well, would you, we can't do what they do. I can't do what that person does. That person works at Apple. And oh, oh, are you kidding? You can do anything you want. You know, we don't have to follow everybody. We can lead. At Nebraska Global, we had a bunch of different companies that we had, had invested in and founded and, and kind of had growing. And one of them 
was a joint venture with um, National Research Corp here in in Lincoln. We were on the phone discussing the details of of, of that, um, and this was uh, maybe two weeks after my first baby was born, and he's literally sitting in my lap asleep and I'm looking at him and I've got my Bluetooth headset because I'm one of those guys and we're talking, you know, these financial terms and IRRs and, you know, what's the multiples of this and, and I'm looking at him sleeping and I'm literally like, what am I doing? It's like, I don't want to do this. This isn't me. I'm not this like VC guy. Who am I trying to kid? This isn't my thing. You know, I just, you know, I want to build things. I want to do something meaningful and what I'm doing isn't meaningful to me. And I'm looking like this guy is meaningful. And you're looking at a baby that you've 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 played a part in creating. And you realize, okay, there's different meaning to things, and and you can do the right thing, but that doesn't give you the meaning in life. And uh, you know, I don't want to talk to him when I'm old and in my wheelchair and saying, oh yeah, I negotiate all these VC deals. That's what I did when you were little. That's not going to make me feel proud. Um, and. Like, I just, I don't want to do this. Well, what do I do? I don't know what else to do. You know, I can write software a little bit. That's about it. And so I kind of floundered for a, a while. So during this time of uncertainty in Steve's life, he has a moment of inspiration from a somewhat unlikely place, the Xbox Connect, one of the hottest pieces of technology of 2010. When the Xbox Connect cameras came out, I saw those and said, man, this is this is a game changer, no pun intended, that let's we could do some fun things. So I went out and bought a bunch of them from Best Buy and brought them in and said, hey, let's figure something out. And some of the guys were playing around and they figured, look, you can track people moving around and whatever. And oh, you could do that for lifting weights. The Xbox Connect is a motion sensing input device created by Microsoft and it was a beast of a toy for its time. The technology incorporated RGB cameras, infrared projectors, and detectors that mapped depth through either structural light or time of flight calculations. It had a microphone array along with software and artificial intelligence from Microsoft to allow the device to perform real-time gesture recognition, speech recognition, and body skeletal detection. This was some pretty big stuff. Well, Steve started looking for real-world application, and he stumbled across a need in the healthcare sector. It turns out that with this same technology, they could predict patient falls in hospitals with remarkable accuracy. They started working on the technology, and they named it OcuVera. This was the inspiration Steve was looking for. And then it kind of finally dawned on me that, wait a minute, you know, what's meaningful is literally right in front of me. And that is, it's Occuvera, that we're building a product to try to save people's lives. And there's not a lot of things you can do in software that can save people's lives. And like, it's one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I'm really stupid because this has been here all along. And I finally just saw it. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, well, I know what I want to do. I'm going to build this company. I'm going to build Occuvera. I want to be a part of something that's going to save people's lives. And so that's what I want to do. And it worked out to be able to go pursue that. And um, so we got all that crap sorted out and got our own office across the street. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the crappiest offices you could potentially find. Um, but it was cheap. And we put big signs on the wall that said, our software saves lives. And I, every day I looked at that and I'm like, 
took a moment like, okay, this is what it's about. This is what we're trying to do. It's so funny. I just think about like scrolling through TechCrunch or like other publications and you look at articles about TikTok and stuff and then you see Acuvera there. It's crazy that, that we even mentioned these technologies in the same breath when one is so impactful and the other is, you know, maybe more entertainment. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we need both. You know, I, yeah. don't, I don't get TikTok. I'm too old, I think. But, <laughs> you know, and everybody's got their calling, I think, so to speak. You want to tell me about the system? It looks like the Wally character from a Disney yeah. movie. Yeah, we've get oftentimes people will say it looks like even Wally had a baby. Um, <laughs> and so this is our camera device that we put in hospital rooms to monitor patients. And it's got a, a three-dimensional camera up here. It's got microphones. It's got a speaker. It's got a touch screen and a computer in it, in effect. So a nurse can bring it into the hospital room plop it up on the wall on a dock, fires up, and then it starts watching the patient. And what it's looking for is activities of the patient in their bed that would indicate that they would potentially get out of bed, which for a lot of patients is dangerous. They're high fall risks. If they get out of, out of bed, they'll fall, they could get injured. And in a nutshell, it's like having a virtual nurse. The, the system is intelligent. It understands what the patient is doing, understands their movements, and using artificial intelligence, which is a buzzword that everybody hears nowadays, it tries to literally predict the patient's intent to get out of bed and to do so with enough accuracy and enough advanced warning that we can alert a nurse on their phone. The nurse can see live video of the patient and make a determination of what to do. For example, talk to the patient, ask them to stay in the bed or run to the room to help them. Yeah, and this is sort of an alternative to basically strapping someone down to the bed and saying, don't get out of bed. This is a way to kind of give them their freedom, but keep an eye on them. Exactly. It used to be that you could do that. You could literally strap them to the bed. And then years back, they decide that's inhumane. It's more, it's more humane to let them get up and fall and get hurt. And the types of solutions that are out there, the most common is called a pressure pad. It's a pad that's put under the mattress. And when the patient gets up, the alarm goes off. In fact, that was invented here in Lincoln by a guy named John Brash. He had a company called Senior Technologies, and they built those. If you know the terminal building at 10th and O, they built those in the basement of that building. And we had an office there years ago, so it's kind of interesting to come full circle. The need for Occuvera is there, and the technology definitely works. There's about a million patient falls in hospitals every year, and 15,000 of those result in deaths. And hospitals are on the hook financially for these falls, so they're highly motivated to prevent them. But what seems like a layup technology didn't happen overnight. It's taken Occuvera since 2012 to get the technology to where it is today, along with navigating the bureaucracy of the Goliath healthcare industry. Steve says that some of his darkest days have come at Occuvera. Like in 2017, Microsoft stopped manufacturing a key component to Occuvera's system, a blow that nearly knocked Occuvera out of business until a new Azure Connect DK was released by Microsoft, and not a moment too soon. We went through a period where people didn't get paid for a half a year because we didn't have the money. Nobody left. Everybody dug deep and their families dug deep, you know, and, and, and it won't ever be lost to me the sacrifices that people made to stay part of this company. But that's because of these things where, you know, we believe we have an obligation to do this because we can. We, we can use technology to save lives, and we can't not do that. We have to. What about 
growing Acuvera or any of your past companies that you've grown in Nebraska was helped specifically by being here. We've got about 50 investors in the company now, and virtually all of those are people in Nebraska who built businesses in Nebraska and made their money, you know, call it the hard way. You know, they didn't inherit it. They, they wasn't given to them. They, they built things and made money. And for whatever reason, they chose to take some of that money and to put it into what we're trying to do and, and to join us uh, along the journey. And um, the way those meetings happen and, and the decisions happen to, to do that aren't like anywhere else and that it's, it's about them believing in the people that are part of the company as much as, as it is believing in the market opportunity for the product. And I don't think you see that kind of ultimately tight-knit um, activity in, in other places. It's about people helping people. Today, Occubera has about a dozen hospitals using their system and a healthy sales pipeline for next year. Steve says that he wouldn't be surprised if they have 20 to 30 hospitals using it by the end of 2021. Outside of Occubera, Steve's founded the Keene Family Foundation, which is dedicated to improving the lives of all Nebraskans through the support of nonprofit organizations. And you can bet that he'll continue to play a role in Nebraska's story for years to come. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business in 2020, from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. Have you ever met Bill Gates? I've not met Bill Gates. No, that's this one person that I haven't. I've, I, I've met um, Steve Jobs twice, which was was at the time awe-inspiring for a, for a kid and intimidating. And I met Warren Buffett. That was that was amazing. Um, met Walter Scott. That was that was great. Got to have a meeting with him. Tom Osborne.